And now, right to your hosts of Down the Garden Path, Joanne Shaw and Matthew Dressing. where we discuss down-to-earth tips and advice while doing our best to help you seasonally manage your garden and landscape. I'm Joanne Shaw, owner of Down to Earth Landscape Design, and with me, and he's really here, is my co-host, Matthew Dressing. Welcome, Matt. Welcome, Joanne. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us. I'm Matthew Dressing, owner of Natural Affinity Garden Design. As landscape designers and gardeners, we believe it's important and possible to have great gardens, which are sustainable and low maintenance, and we want to help you make it happen. That's right. And can you believe it is May already? Although no. I know what some of us feel like, oh my God, we can't, it's finally May. So it's like both sides of the coin, right? <laughs> um, so everyone, this month on Down the Garden Path, we are looking at some flowering shrubs. So it's officially shrub month. Right? It is. <laughs> a couple of classics and a couple of superstars you might be meeting for the first time. So we are looking forward to talking about those. Um, what flowering shrubs do you have in your garden? Do you have a favorite? We would love to hear from you. Please send us your questions to instudio101 at gmail.com. And tonight That's is right. one of like, the, the, it's about to come, it seems like our timing is perfect because they're just about to come into bloom and we're going to chat about lilacs. Yes, yes, lilacs is our starting shrub of the month. Never right. popular in the garden centers, and there's lots of different shapes and types and hybrids out there. Yes, fit all of your needs. Yes, so. absolutely. So welcome back. I know our Thank listeners you. have been like putting up with just listening to me because you've been busy in school. So the semester is now over, right? And you successfully completed two classes. That's you're right. Good? You're good. School's over. School, School is, is over. The semester is over. I would have been back last week because it was over last week as well. But of course, right after I get out of school, I got COVID. <laughs> so <Right>. I'm back. <laughs> but that's also over as well. So COVID right. is, is gone. So good. yeah, we're back live finally. Yes. Yes. Like no, that's good. That's good. And was it good? Like, did you have a lot of fun with the kids? Oh, yeah. Kids, I say kids, and it's not like you were teaching kindergarten. <laughs> like, no. you know, you're teaching adults, <laughs> well, almost, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They were anywhere from like 18 to our age and higher. Yes. Okay. Like, I think there were two 55-year-olds in my class. Excellent. Oh, that's so, cool. Wide range, lots of yeah. excited students going into all sorts of different things. Food and okay. farming and horticulture and food production and landscape design and installation it was a great mixed bag so it's always fun checking in with them and seeing what you know is catching their ear and what they're noticing and what their trends they're focusing on because they all come from such a diverse background and have a yeah. all varied interests so very cool it was very oh, cool that's cool yeah that would be it just seeing the industry through their eyes right because you've been in the industry yeah. a long time in in various various stages right and and various arenas you know designer nursery you know what i mean the nursery and different things like that so it must be fun to have seen it um from from their perspective you know yes it's one of my favorite things 
Oh, good. Good. Yeah. Well, that is great. But I am happy to have you back. You know that. <laughs> um, but, uh, and I mean, I think I just missed our shows where we just used just you and I too, right? We've had some amazing guests. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, we had a, we had a blast uh, last week and uh yeah and uh and looking forward to uh chatting uh some more and um you know i how much i love flowering shrubs too so i did that i say that on my our instagram post and our a twitter post about yay it's flowering shrubs i love flowering shrubs so <laughs> and i know you had said when we talked about lilacs and i'm like hmm do you really do we really have enough to talk about lilacs for an hour and then when we went back and forth and we're like oh yeah we do <laughs> <laughs> we do we do we do um so yeah so that is good so we'd love your questions everybody um definitely so you have what are lilacs what? interesting question yes well, to start I off everybody what are lilacs what are lilacs? I think everybody's heard about lilacs. Yes. Um, right? Like you said, they're nice, beautiful flowering shrubs. They're going to flower uh, early to mid-spring. They're mostly renowned for those beautiful, uh, big panicles of very fragrant flowers. Yes. Uh, so you've probably, everybody's probably heard of lilacs. Yeah. Put up your hand in the audience if you haven't heard of lilacs. <laughs> that's right. Um, you know what I would say to what are lilacs? I would say that's the only plant that most people can identify <laughs> because- yeah. Their, their grandmother, their parents, their farm they grew up on, or their neighborhood, right? It's, everybody had a lilac. So I think that would be the answer. Jeopardy, uh, what are the only things that we can uh, identify? <laughs> exactly. Well, and there's so many too, lilacs, especially like the common lilac, for example. They are so long-lived and they're such a homesteading staple for like the last two centuries that you can often drive out through the country and you've ever seen like just random like plantings of lilacs seemingly out in a field well you know 100 years ago there might have been a house there or that was there 200 years ago yeah uh, yeah so they're so long lived uh, as well so yeah, yeah and and adaptable like you'll find like things will grow other things will grow in it or around it and it just keeps growing like you know where other plants would be like oh no I don't want to I don't want the competition or I don't want the shade and like the, the lilac just keeps spreading or reaching or suckering and it just keeps going yeah exactly yeah, yeah. so it's really um, tough they're very um, tough they're actually a member of the olive family Really? Wow. So, yeah. So just a very interesting little uh, fact there as well. So. Oh, interesting. Members of the Olive family. And have people, like, I think allergies too. I think it's something, I know my husband is very allergic to um, Vilocs. So I think that's one of the things, I don't know if it's just the pollen or the fragrance or, yeah. So Yeah. I am luckily I am not allergic to pretty much anything. So, <laughs> so yeah, I would assume it, it's the pollen as well. Yeah, yeah, I think it's that yeah, pollen for sure. allergy. Mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. um, so everybody knows about the big common ones. So tell us a little bit more. Yeah, those big common ones. So we're going to see that North American native, that syringa vulgaris, that common lilac. She is uh, hardy to zone two. So zone two, zone two A, so very far north. She's going to grow about 12 to 14 feet tall and anywhere from eight to 10 feet wide. <clears throat> and like you said, they, they do sucker and they can be invasive. 
So they do like to spread. They do like to have multiple canes that make up that nine or eight to 10 feet tall wide uh, type thing. But those suckers and those canes can continue to spread. So <clears throat> it is somewhat uh, invasive and suckering in, in that manner. So, mm. and that kind of gives it one of those high maintenance classifications, mm. just our regular right. classic one, right? Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Oh my gosh, sorry, I totally went That's out okay. for a second. Can you That's tell okay. I'm just new back? <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. I can fill in like you're okay. good. So <laughs> go ahead. Oh <laughs> pardon us as we stumble. <laughs> so yes, so we have our common lilac. So these are that nice medium to light green, um, heart-shaped like leaf. Um, that are nice and bright green in the in the sun. And we get those nice big tall panicles that occur above of our above our flower. So these guys are above our foliage. So these guys are very, very big. I just noticed that Frank also writes in, Matt, welcome back. Hi to Joanne. So glad that you're on the air. Lilacs are so beautiful and smell so great. Are they hardy for the this area? The GTA. So yes, most of them are going to be hardy upwards of zone two to three and then south to zone uh, eight and nine. So a nice big range of hardiness as well. One of the ones that are also super popular that come from um, a hybrid uh, hybridization uh, are cultivars from um, the common lilac is our French hybrid lilacs. So these are varieties that have been selected for again, they're going to get in that zone two range, that zone two to three range. They're going to get anywhere from about seven feet to 12 feet tall and anywhere uh, usually about the same wide, so about that eight to 10 and sometimes a little wider as well. But these guys you're going to see in the garden center, same nice medium olive green or medium bright green. Uh, heart-shaped foliage. Some of them, like Charles Jolie, for example, they can also get nice and dark foliage as well. So you're going to see some foliage differentiation in between uh, the cultivars. But they're going to be a nice, tall, uh, fragrant flower as well. And you'll find those in the garden center as the French hybrid lilacs. Yeah, One thing to... Their fragrance tends to be a little bit more pungent, isn't it? Is that kind of a little bit of a difference? No, you got it for sure. Yeah, so our common one does definitely have that classic lilac smell. Uh, and it's it's like a um, good strength. You can always smell it, especially when it's in full bloom and you catch it down when you're in proximity for sure. But yeah, these French hybrids have also been chosen for uh, their colors, but also their very pungent, mm -hmm. strong smells. Uh, yeah, so they have a beautiful thick lilac fragrance yes. uh, uh, throughout the different colors. Yeah. Most of them, I mean, that's why we buy lilacs, I think, really, is that early, you know, show of flowers, first thing in the spring, after especially a long winter, we're happy to see them, but they give us that beautiful scent first thing mm -hmm. in the spring mm -hmm. as well. So yeah, so the French hybrid lilacs are all chosen from all of those for those that nice scent and all that wide range of color, as well as some of that medium to large landscape size plant as well. So right. we don't have to have that 12 by 10 or 12 yeah. by 12. We can get some seven by sixes, seven by eight, something a little bit more 
medium to large mm-hmm. versus super large. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the colors can kind of help you if you're not sure what might be in your neighborhood, because there is a bit more, I mean, the, the common lilac is that light purple, that lilac color that we all know about. Yeah. And then Elba, like it tends to be a white, a white option, you know, white version. Um, but then the French lilac will have uh, almost a magenta. Char- you mentioned Charles Jolie. It's a bit deeper, more of a pinky purple. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sometimes you see the um, um, Madame Lemoyne is a double white. So it's, it's white, but it, and that's what it makes you kind of go, is this really a lilac? Because the flower looks a little bit different because it's a double. It does. Yeah. Um, and then another one, uh, sensation, sensation is single purple with a distinct white border so that's another one that kind of stumps people like oh did it cross pollinate or do it do something you know so those are just a few of the um a few of the french hybrid varieties that might be in your neighborhood and that you can kind of recognize uh just by the color um you know ludwig space is um a bit more red red purple it's yeah. a single with red purple colors so so yeah so that's um so not only from the from the scent but also from the from the flower um and it's it's funny because i don't when i'm doing designs i don't know about you i don't really do a common lilac anymore and people don't really ask, like they might ask for a lilac but they don't want the common one because of you know the habit the suckering um that type of thing so if they definitely want still want a bigger specimen or if they have space for a bigger specimen then definitely the french hybrids uh, are a nice option um because they're they're pretty hardy and they will grow quickly and fill a space you know nicely that's right and just like you i don't often end up getting into the big commons or the french hybrids unless someone already has one or they are really married to designing with one, um, it will definitely end up picking one of the other types uh, and species that we'll have further down. One of the other things to mention about um, our French and our common hybrid lilacs is that they can sometimes delay their bloom as well. They may not want to bloom right away. So kind of like when I'm shopping for cactus, I'll look for one that is in flower, which is usually super easy to do because the garden center brings them all in anyways. Uh, So if you do buy a very young plant, just be aware that after you've transplanted it, if it hasn't flowered yet, she might be taking some time to establish before she gets really Mm -hmm. going. So it's good to buy one in the garden center that you do see in flower, which most of them are, so it's not a mm-hmm. big thing. I, yeah. I refer to cactus because cactus, some species of cactus, take upwards of 50 years to bloom. So if you are looking for one that does flower, always buy one that's in flower so you know that species is young enough to do it. So anyway, okay. aside about cactus. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. And hopefully they, they don't bloom only every 50 years, right? <laughs> no, right. Yes. <laughs> they should so bloom every good. year from there. That's right. That's right. So, um, yeah. So how... How did all this, so now we're going to talk about several of the other varieties of lilacs, and has that just been um, hybridizing that, like people taking the good, good, or scientists taking the good parts of the common lilac and then altering them? Yeah, so they're basically cross-pollinating and cross-breeding the different species that are compatible, and then we're getting new hybrids. So where you might see Syringa vulgaris as the common lilac, uh, you'll see the French hybrids are just Syringa vulgaris, French hybrids, 
that they've been taken for those characteristics, they've been taken to those colors. And then same thing as we get into things like our Canadian hybrid lilacs, for example. Uh, they're a cross between vulgaris and oblata. So they've been bred for, again, more colors, the pinks, the whites, the purples, the singles, the doubles, their fragrance. But they also have the same height as the, the common ones. Okay. But they're also known for more of that hardiness. So they're, again, adverse conditions, very adaptable, upwards of zone two, which is, mm -hmm. uh, you know, northern Manitoba, yeah. northern... Yep. Uh, prairie provinces kind of area so yeah lots of cold hardiness yeah so you northern gardeners you say that you can't grow anything you can grow a lilac unfortunately <laughs> they bloom for a shorter period of time but uh but still that they will grow right and exactly not with a lot like also they're also pretty um you know i know that they don't like fertilizing for instance or don't like they don't like a lot of babying either right no exactly some of the care points for sure you know they're going to love that full sun at least six mm. to eight hours of full full sun to give them that flower power to give them that energy to grow um of direct sun but they will tolerate a partial shade you'll lose some of that flower but they, other than that they're really as long as they've got some good well-drained soils um they're pretty adaptable for your mm -hmm. soils going both ways and like you said they don't really need any fertilizing if you do want to fertilize you're just going to very generally fertilize them very early in the spring to promote that blooms as they're kind of growing and even just something like a simple 10 10 10 an all-purpose kind of balanced fertilizer is all you really need you don't need to do anything specific and okay. beyond that point you don't need to be fertilizing anywhere uh late spring or after it's flowered or any time through the rest of the year as well if you do what you're going to end up doing is promoting a lot of vegetative growth mm. um, mm -hmm. and you might lose some of those buds that are going to set which turns into our pruning mm -hmm. question our lilacs, we're going to only prune immediately after they flower. And this is going to be true for all of them because they all set their next year's buds on the new growth that shows up through um, summer and into fall. Okay. So all that new growth, those buds are going to be there. So if you have ever had your, your lilac get into spring and you're like, why isn't it blooming? What's it doing? What have I done? The first question I would ask is when was the last time you pruned it? Yeah. Because most people prune it for shape because we're not going to prune it and except for that, again, that late spring, right after she's done blooming. <clears throat> and then she kind of gets a little wild looking. Yes. Yes. So should we clarify that to our listeners that pruning lilacs does not involve pruning shears? Like the, like our hedge trimmers, hedge trimmers. So no hedge trimmers, right? Like you see people because it is so woody and because mm -hmm. it is so tough um, and it can't, especially a mature one can be a little overwhelming um, and you kind of see people. So the same, those same people that say, oh, it hasn't bloomed in a few years. Well, but I pruned it. I pruned it every spring or I pruned it every winter. It's like, yeah, well, you're hacking at it with the pruning shears and I'm doing my lovely um, hedge trimmer motion for Matt on yes. Zoom. <laughs> um, so, you know, so I just want people to know like that is even though they're tough and it, you're not going to kill it, but you were certainly not doing it any favors. And uh, it really, if it's too mature for you to handle with your just a hand pruner, 
then it really is something to call in a professional. Um, I know we have a really beautiful one, um, one of the homes in our neighborhood. And after uh, new people moved in, they appreciate it. I was so unhappy, uh, happy when people appreciate stuff like that. And they did, they had uh, Davies trees in and they did a beautiful like pruning of it and really restored it. And, um, you know, it's worth the investment in, in having somebody professional because it is pretty hard. Like it is woody, right? And the, some of the mm-hmm. suckers and some of the older stems would be very hard to do with just hand shears. Um, but it's really not in the best interest to do. And, you know, when you're driving around and you can tell someone's trimmed it and shaped it with hedge trimmers, right? Yes. <laughs> you can yeah. see that nice, hard, yeah. even heading back for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yes, for sure. So um, we have a question from Kim. Kim says, hi, Joanne, just writing again in again this week. So it sounds like Kim's been keeping you uh, uh, company. company in the questions. So thank you, Kim. Says, hi, Matt. I'm so glad you're doing better. Thank you. Are lilacs grown from a plant, bush, or a seed? So going to your question as well, we're going to see all of these as bushes. Um, we'll cross pollinate and we'll get seeds and then we'll get varieties and that'll go into a whole plant breeding type thing. Uh, but yeah, so we're going to see all of our plants or bushes. They're going to be anywhere from a dwarf shrub up to a very large shrub when we get to the common ones. Uh, but they're all going to be propagated asexually. So they're all going to be taken, uh, with cuttings unless it tends to be one variety. Uh, something like an alba or the common that comes straight to uh, seed. But most often we're going to see them propagated that way. And they are going to be a bush or a shrub started. So you can't, Kim, for example, go into um, your, or exceptionally uncommon, to go into a garden center and find lilac seeds. And if you do, you would find species seeds, like you would find Syringa vulgaris, species and that would be your big 12 by 10 10 right. classic lilac one for example yeah and it would take a long time from seed wouldn't it and i think that's why it's just faster um like you said to propagate from cuttings yeah you get when you propagate from cuttings you miss all of that seed starting and all those conditions does it need to be stratified or vernalized etc mm-hmm. so you get to skip all of that so it's much quicker to produce these plants and then we know that they're genetically the exact same plant that we ah, want. Ah, that's cool. Yeah. So that's something, because I think a lot of people, um, you know, their grandmother's house had a lilac that was special or their parents' home has had a lilac or a neighbor, you know, and you know the new neighbors are coming in and going to clean it all out. So that is something, if you have something that's sentimental, I think of after peonies, I think lilacs are fairly se- sentimental things, you know, in, yeah. in older established gardens. Uh, so I think that's, so that's, I think, something for people to know that you could would go and snap a cutting and go through that process of putting it in a pot and some you know I guess you can you can you can summarize that for us too about how you do go about it but um and that you could have you know a, a relative of that um of that one that's special to you for your own property only if you have the space though <laughs> yes <laughs> exactly um yeah yeah so you're basically propagating any of those plants um, you're going to get a genetic copy of, of that plant. So you'll have that exact same one. So <clears throat> if you're doing it for any of the um, plants, what you want to do is just make sure that you have a very healthy plant, you have a disease-free plant, uh, and the plant 
uh, you're taking it at the right time of year. So different plants will have different times that they are best taken for cuttings as well. So just making sure that you've always got that. And so uh, the lilacs are more of a hardwood cutting. So you're gonna take them less end of the summer, um, beginning of the fall, when we've got some wood forming on some of that newer growth as well. And so, okay. yeah, and you can oh, propagate them. Excellent, excellent. Um, and Jamie's written in asking, hello to Joanne and Matt. Matt, welcome back. Uh, try to stay healthy. Yes, I'm trying to <laughs> help you here because I know you're, it's a lot to get breathing again, right? Um, yeah. And so Jamie's asking if our uh, lilac bushes are expensive to buy. And they're actually pretty reasonable, aren't they? Yeah, they are fairly reasonable, um, especially the ones that have been on the market for a very long time. Mm -hmm. um, our common ones, a lot of the French hybrids have been around for a very long time. It's some of the newer cultivars, for example, like our bloomerang um, that have come onto the scene recently that you're going to see at your higher price point. So you can get them. I've seen them as cheap as like twelve ninety nine mm -hmm. in like a two gallon pot. Uh, and anywhere up from them, depending on, again, the cultivar and the size of the plant itself at the point in which you buy it. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, anywhere from there to, and again, the newer ones, again, depending on the cultivar and the size of plant up towards of $49.99. And that's, I'm speaking Canadian versus American. Yes. Um, Jamie, depending on where you are. So yeah. Yeah. yeah so they're, they're fairly reasonably priced. Yes. And you might, might even see the, especially the common ones, um, you know, at a big box store in their like shrub section yeah. and, or, I mean, uh, other, other um, kind of smaller locations. I think you have to go to a bigger places and bigger with a bigger inventory to get into the French hybrids uh, and into some of the other unique ones that have come up lately that we're going to talk about shortly. So uh Right? Especially those unique ones, those new yeah. introductions that have been hitting the last three to four years, for sure. Yeah. You want to go to your local independent garden center. They're yes. going to be the ones carrying and introducing those for you, for sure. That's right. That's right. So, um, and Jim is asking if, uh, hi, Joanne and Matt, Matt, get well, definitely. Um, once planted, do lilacs really require a lot of maintenance because I suck at that? And yeah, I mean, it is probably one of the lowest maintenance things you can buy I mean the biggest factor for me is that you have the space for like one of the larger ones that mm -hmm. you have enough like the sunny location the space but really once it's established it, it does not it in fact they prefer no TLC you know yeah exactly they're very low maintenance easy adaptable again they're going to bloom for you as long as you don't overfeed them mm -hmm. um, or prune them at the wrong time of year mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah, Jim, they're usually pretty easy. Again, is that light that yes. you want if you, if the flowers are hungry and they want that sun. So making sure you're getting that good six to eight hours of consecutive full sun, quality sun, and not just like 7.30 to like noon kind of thing. You want, <laughs> a, that'll do it, but you, I've seen them flower a little weaker than they would have, mm. uh, but like quality sunlight, like not just mm -hmm. beginning of the day or end of the day type of sun. Right. Right. Okay. Um, We're reaching the end of our first half hour. Do I get to do my thing? It's been so you long. Do. You do. <laughs> you get to do. Can you do it? Are you okay? I think so. I'll, I'll give okay. it a try. My voice okay. is a little, little hoarse. Um, <clears throat> but thank you everyone for joining us here live 
on Reality Radio 101. I'm Matthew Dressing here with my co-host Joanne Shaw, and you're listening to Down the Garden Path. Joanne and I enjoy hosting Down the Garden Path each week, bringing you interesting and relevant topics to help you achieve a great garden. We learn right along with you from our research and from the guests that join us here on the show. Don't forget, you can spend more time with us down the garden path. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Our handle there is down, at Down the Garden Path Podcast. You can also find us on your favorite podcast provider. And while you're there, please hit that subscribe button to be notified of new content. And don't forget to like, share, and leave us a comment. We love hearing from our listeners. So you can always write us here in studio 101 at gmail.com. Gary, our wonderful producer, always gets us our mail. And you can always find us through our own websites. You can find Joanne at www.downthenumber2earth.ca. And you can find myself at www.naturalaffinity.ca. There we go. I made it. You made it. You made it. Well done. (laughs) I thank you. I missed that. Uh, It was too too hard for me to do both. So I could never get around to doing that. So thank you. Uh, Thank you very much. So we've talked about the common lilacs and we've talked about the French hybrids. How do we, how did we transition to, um, so two other popular ones? Well, let's start with the Korean lilacs. So is, are they actually from um, Asia, like from Korea? Yeah, so they are native to northern China. Okay. And I say native within quotes because they've actually never been found in the wild. Oh. So they come from there and they've originated out of there just from some natural crossing or crossbreeding or someone found a seed from one to Mm -hmm. another. Um, But yeah, so they are native to northern China in that area. But uh, they have spread out and become one of the most popular uh, shrubs or lilacs that we have, for sure, for sure. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. And that was about around, I think it was found around about the late 1980s as well. Oh, really? So, so that recent? Okay. So it is, it is more of a, a recent one, too. Yeah. 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 And for me, the, the when at the garden center, I can kind of tell just in the sense that the leaves are a little smaller, right? Yes, yes. They're nice. They're simple. They've got just a nice smooth edge, a classic kind of medium to dark green leaf looking color with a light, nice light gloss. Um, they're only about two to four centimeters. So they're only about an inch uh, to an inch and a half, two inches uh, when they get mature and a nice little point on the end. So okay. fairly easy. I think it's yeah. quite nice, neat foliage. Because the dwarf Korean lilac, we love it because, again, it's got that nice smaller foliage, but again, that nice, round, dense yes. habit, mm-hmm. right? She's going to mm-hmm. bloom um, nice and rounded, nice and dense. She's going to bloom strongly, cover herself in beautiful flowers uh, that can be anywhere from kind of a white or a white pink to a nice, rich lilac pink color Excellent. as well. Okay. And I think it was that variety that is where they started the variation of like creating a standard, right? So I believe, are they Mm -hmm. grafted onto something? Yes. Or are they, yes, they're not grown into that. They're grafted onto a stem. Because I think the other ones, like the French hybrids and the common ones, correct me if I'm wrong, but they're almost too aggressive, right? To be standards. Yeah. And I've seen them as standards. Yeah. So I have seen like, and more so the French hybrids than just the common 
Um, right. Like Charles Jolie will come in the standard. Madame Lemoyne will come in the standard. Um, and yeah, I think it's mainly sensation. Those two. I think too. And yeah, sensation. Thank you. I knew. Yeah, I was but I. One more. Yeah, but I think over time they sometimes break. I don't know if it's really breaking the 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 graft or whatever. Whereas the dwarf Korean ones definitely stay that rounded. They definitely don't. Um, they don't even sucker really, do they? No. Yes. No, they won't sucker like the the um, the other two. the other ones. Yeah. yeah. If if the head of a graft whether it's a lilac or otherwise starts to die, the rootstock will say, okay, hold on. I'm yeah. good. I can still live. And they will send up suckering. So if you go out and you find that any of your grafted trees or shrubs are suckering, then there's an issue there. So that's a warning sign. She's saying, mm. no. but yeah, mm -hmm. these ones don't readily sucker like our, our vulgaris types. So okay. nice, neat on a graft. You'll usually see, um, or I've often seen in the garden center standard is about three feet. It's kind of the standard graft height. I have seen five feet mm -hmm. um, and four feet as well. Mm -hmm. But I think I've seen, and maybe it was just where I was, um, mm -hmm. seeing more of the threes and a few of the fives mm -hmm. um, in the standard. So yeah. what a standard is, if you don't know what a standard is, it's basically we've taken the head of our dwarf Korean lilac. And again, using asexual propagation, we've grafted it to a compatible species that we've trained as a large trunk. And then we've cut its head off and grafted on the dwarf Korean lilac shrub. So the mm -hmm. shrub grafts and then it grows. It's normal four to five feet tall and four to five feet wide. If we're looking at the um, dwarf Korean lilac right. from that point that it's grafted. So a standard dwarf Korean lilac, you're going to get the height of the trunk plus you're going to get the height of that yes. shrub. Yeah. And we think of a lollipop, I think of, right? So yes, we often exactly. people will say to me, you know, there's a tree, my neighbor has it. I love it. I love the shape. It kind of looks like a lollipop, you know, that kind of thing. So that tends to be, um, you know, a dwarf Korean lilac. And it, um, and that is one of the popular ones when I was talking about the people using a shear, uh, as, uh, you know, uh, hedge trimmers, right? Because they think they need to make it into that circle when it really will kind of do its own thing. And that really you can, you know, the most important thing for that uh, standard I find for that shape of a, of a plant is that actually you have to take the pruning shears on the inside. Because what happens is, you know, then you have almost like think of like burning bushes too, right? Where you have beautiful leaves and, and mm -hmm. beautiful flowers in May all on the outside. But if you peek inside, because it's so dense, you know, you've got dead wood. So really, you don't need the hedge trimmers to keep it round, but you do need to kind of go in and, and cut and thin out a little bit, right? Yeah, go in and look for any really old woody or just stems that aren't producing anything and get that sun to really penetrate in through there. And again, she knows the shape that she wants to be and mm -hmm. she will naturally do it. So oh, that's one of my pet peeves is the, um, uh, a globe cedar, something mm -hmm. like a Danica, right? If you let a globe cedar grow, it will be a nice, those, and some are denser than others. I have to put that caveat in there too. Uh, but a globe cedar will be a nice, dense globe cedar uh, one day as well. So, yeah, so very yeah. light to do. Yeah. Now, the one thing is, I don't know that they are as fragrant. Like, would you say they are as fragrant or are, we, mm -hmm. are our French ones? I think the French ones are the most fragrant, right? Yes. I find that the French are by far have the 
best fragrance. Not that the Dwarf Korean Lilacs don't have them, um, don't have that fragrance. It still smells nice, but it is not as strong uh, and pungent um, or prominent is maybe a better word than the the other ones, than your okay. Dwarf Korean or, or your other types. Okay. Yeah. Um, we have a question. And Howard has written in, how big do these bushes actually get? <clears throat> this one, the Dwarf Korean, is going to be our nice first dwarf one. It's going to be about four by four or five by five. Um, and I think just following up with um, one of our other listeners, and I'm sorry, I'm going to totally, uh, it was Frank, I believe, talking about the hardiness. <clears throat> our uh, hardiness zone for our Dwarf Korean is zone three. So we're still hitting upwards of Winnipeg area and across. Mm. So we've still mm -hmm. got some good cold hardiness. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Just sometimes I think that it's nice that the Dwarf Korean in the standard is nice, um, you know, ornamental a little bit, you know, it doesn't grow as big as the others. So it's, it's you often see that at the front of the house at the entrance, more of a formal type of setting, whereas the common ones are definitely, you know, to the side of the house or in the backyard, because they do take up so much space and are, are a bit more aggressive. So mm. it is nice that they were able to keep something that was, you know, a little bit more ornamental, a little bit more of a of a showpiece in the garden. And um, and the cool thing about standards and I like to use them in gardens, not just, you know, lilac standards, hydrangea standards, a few other standards is I love that you get the color and the flower at eye level, you know, as opposed to like down in the ground. Yet you can still put other things around the base. So I think they're a real versatile yes thing to have in a garden but they don't become really big trees you know that they the head gets bigger but the trunk trunk that they're grafted to doesn't keep growing it's not going to be a big tree right yeah exactly you're not going to end up yeah that three foot trunk you've got is the three foot trunk you've got and right. then the shrub canopy starts out from there goes up mm -hmm. from there and yeah. wide from there okay yes, exactly and then the next one is the preston lilacs so how, I don't know much about those ones. I have to say, I have to admit. Yeah. So they're, again, a, one of the, the medium-sized shrubs. So they're going okay. to be um, anywhere from about six to eight feet tall, upwards of 12 feet tall. Very upright, rounded habit, nice and hardy. Again, upwards of zone two yeah. and three. Nice um, oval or elliptical long, uh, nice and dark green leaves and they usually come in our lavenders reds purples some pinks uh and some whites and they kind of look a little bit more like our dwarf korean lilac flower which is those long tubules that start the long tubule and then the, the buds start to open okay. whereas our common lilac or our french hybrids are those panicles where the tube is very very small if you even notice it at all and then we get the burst as that kind okay. of opens, right? So a little bit more of a, a finer uh, flower as far as it goes. But yeah, okay. um, just another one that you'll see out there, a little bit bigger leaf than um, our common lilac or our French hybrid, uh, a little bit of a darker leaf. And again, we get our, uh, the different shape and that texture of that flower. But it also has a nice fragrance uh, as well. Again, not as fragrant maybe as our French hybrids because they are, are beautiful for their, mm -hmm. their intense fragrance. 
But yeah, this is again another, it's a hybrid. So it's Syringra SX, uh, Prestonii, or Prestonii. I'm going <laughs> to play with my Latin. I let there. you say that. <laughs> I, looked, I looked at the list too and was like, uh oh. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so they're a cross between our Reflexa species and the Villosa species. Um, and the Velosa is actually one of the graft species that we use for another lilac we're going to talk about. Uh, and they were found in Canada to start way really? back in Ottawa uh, around the 1920s. Okay, okay. There some and they great... seem to be um, na men named after men. So I wondered, are they like Donald Wyman and James McFarlane? Should, should I know who those are, <laughs> gentlemen are from, from history? Are they some, you know, nope. Okay, good. You don't know either. I'm not know. sure who they are. Who they no, are. Yeah. <laughs> but but um... they're lucky enough to have a beautiful, fragrant shrub named after them. So there you yeah. go. Yeah, and you go. and to be fair, there are some other ones like uh, Agnes Smith. Oh, right. Or Miss Canada or Isabella okay. as well. That okay, some lovely ladies too. Some beautiful okay. ladies as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah. and they're gonna range and, and again different heights are gonna see that mm -hmm. uh, anywhere that six to eight tall to that ten to twelve tall, depending on on that cultivar. And we're gonna see reds and purples, uh, pinks and some whites and some singles and some double okay. flowers mm -hmm. and again uh, a bit more upright too right because they're not right. as wide as the common lilac so they're a little bit more vase shaped and a little bit more upright yes. um so that's an, another good feature for them so who knew right because i think people so just say lilac i want a lilac or i like lilacs yeah. but you know that's why we thought this was a good show and i think it was last year we were like wow we never talked about lilacs because In there the really time. is um, and there are a lot of people that want low maintenance. They want to be one and mm -hmm. done. And, um, and unfortunately, they, the downfall, so this kind of is my little lead into the next one we, I wanted to talk about, hopefully you do too, is um, the downfall is that they are flower only in the spring. Yes. And so, of course, you know, there are some scientists out there that had to figure out how can we make a reblooming lilac, <laughs> right? And how can we give it the corniest name ever, but you'll remember it in that they've come up with bloomerang. I always picture a big pink or purple boomerang yeah. throwing yeah. through the air, yes. covered in flowers. Yeah, so and I didn't believe it. And I planted one in my own garden because I wanted to see, was it true? Does it bloom a second time? And it does. It does. And so go ahead. No, no, I was gonna say, and it's so weird to see a lilac blooming in September. Like, I have to say, like, even though you're happy that it's blooming in September, it just feels still like a bit of an anomaly that it's blooming in September. But it is cool, it everybody, and it is a dwarf. So it's nice that it's not like the big common or the big French hybrids or Prestons. Um, so, yeah, so what is we have here? One point, uh, yeah, so like four feet by. Yeah, she's going to range about yeah. four by four. Um, mm -hmm. Some of them will be more five by five. Yeah. Um, and then we see the classic, um, like the lilac or the purple, we just call it purple. And it's kind of that purple lilac classic. Um, and then we do see a uh, bloomerang pink. And then we see bloomerang dark purple uh, as well. And so, yeah, we get that nice range of four by four, five by five. Again, a nice rounded, mounded shrub, mm -hmm. um, full, full sun blooming on old and new wood. Uh, and anywhere from that mid to late spring um, right. and, and forward. Okay. Yeah. And so is that the difference, the fact that it blooms on new and old wood? 
Yeah, it tends to grow. Yeah, it'll grow on the newer wood as well as the old wood because okay. the buds from the lilacs are set in the year before, right? Okay. So that wood is already grown. And then we get that nice spring growth and we get the bloom and then we'll get that new growth again. So that's where our commons and our French uh, and our Prestons, we want to prune right after okay. that. So we don't want to damage any of that other wood. And when it comes to the bloomerang as well, we don't, and, and maybe you can speak to how well, you did. We don't need to do a whole lot of pruning with it as well. It will do it by itself. Will uh, it? Okay. It okay. will do it by itself. But like the other lilacs, um, like, again, just like our dwarf Korean, um, for example, just again, just lightly taking off any of the seed heads um, or just the spent flowers for looks. Mm. When we get into the, the bigger lilacs, they will go to seed like the commons. They'll try to go to seed. Uh, mm -hmm. And they may not, or the French as well, they may not be true to seed, but we yeah. do want to remove them just to divert energy. But yeah, they will do it by themselves as long as we get those good conditions. As well. What do you mean? I mean, you mean they flower by themselves without us pruning? Right. We don't mean? need to do okay. special pruning or special feeding or any special care for bloomerangs okay. to bloomerangs. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. So my experience, so because... I planted a little one and then it does become a big one. So mine, I would say, I would say it's five by five, but it's probably five by four, you oh. know, and I planted it close to a Japanese maple, like my butterfly green and white Japanese maple. So I've had mm -hmm. to kind of, you know, I want to keep them separate. I don't want them growing into each other, <laughs> but I have been nervous about trimming it because, because now I risk blue, I risk ruining the bloom from both seasons right so is there is there a trick like I have looked up this and I've I've kind of sometimes you just have to prune out a necessity and whether I did it the right way or not right yeah no and I was gonna say I think for that situation and if you end up in that kind of thing it does just come down to that maintenance pruning later in the year something's in the way yeah I don't want to do it because it will give you flowers, but it's also going to start to push out somebody else or it's kind of ruining that aesthetic or why I have it there. Like, or if it's interfering with a driveway or for you, it's going into your, your Japanese mm -hmm. maple. <clears throat> yeah. You, all you can do is really just kind of lightly shear what you can and know you'll probably lose some for sure in the spring right. show. But if it's on the one side that's facing the Japanese maple and you may not see it. I mean, if it's facing the road, um or or maybe facing you know the back of something it might not be as a big deal but mm -hmm. if it is from a you know a good sight line um or a desired view you might have yeah half a ball of no flowers yeah, yeah. <laughs> to keep her so, in bad shape yeah now because there so this one is a little less hardy right zone four and that's my notes in front of me yes exactly um, this one then we're going to lose a little bit of that zone yeah okay yeah now would they like going back to the other really hardy ones they probably could survive in a large container if you wanted to, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, you know, it may will eventually disintegrate, like it'll outlive the container, you know, and it obviously has to be a winter hardy container um, type of thing. But um, that is an option for sometimes I think people are like want to give a gift or yeah. have a spot on their patio where they need some privacy and they want something that'll get taller than annuals do, you know, a lilac, you know, I think, think of things like lilac, sumac, um, uh, curly willow, like that, that are fairly aggressive and fairly hardy, very hardy. Um, and they'll survive, you know, at least four or five seasons, you know, 
kind of, you're lucky, right? It doesn't owe you anything if, if that's all you get from them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But do you think you could grow a, lo- a bloomerang in a pot though? Probably not to winter it, right? I would worry about the winter. If you started mm-hmm. with a very large pot, just the freeze thaw cycle would have to travel in so far to those roots. Yeah. And it would probably refroze during that thaw by the time the thaw got all the way in mm-hmm. from the sides that really get it. Because mm-hmm. it's the freezing and the thawing on the sides of containers that really get into working yeah. up and damaging our roots. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you, again, you could try it. Again, microclimates, everybody's houses. Yes, yeah. But it's, I always go for the hardy, hardy stuff. Hardy ones, yeah. Right, sure, the stuff sure. that is, yeah, borderline invasive or really likes to grow quickly. Or again, if you, if you put a perennial in that container, minus, pick something that's two zones cooler yes. or cold hardy than what zone you're in. So pick something zone three and two to leave in that mm. container. Yeah. Dry, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Those other ones would do for sure. That's great. Yeah. I mean, so to use them, like I think Bloomerang, the fragrant, I would say it does repeat bloom in that August, September, you know, time frame. It isn't as fragrant as it is in the spring, yeah. but I, I think it's okay. Like I think it's, you know, there's not after hydrangeas, there's not a ton of shrubs that bloom at that, like it's September, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that are that size. So I think it's really, I think there's a place in almost every garden, as long as you've got the sun for it. Uh, I think it's, it's a good backdrop, you know, having something else in front of it, uh, yeah. that type of thing. So I think it, I think it's, it's exciting. And I, I noticed it was last year that I noticed it the most. And I've seen them on the, on the list for this year is then they have also made them into standards. So so they've grafted them. Yes. You know, they've been around long enough now that they've been able to figure out to graft them onto stems. So you can have that same look of a Miss Kim or a Palabin, you know, dwarf Korean lilac on a standard, but now you get the repeat blooming of a blue meringue. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I've, I know I, I haven't seen one yet, but I put them in some designs. Yes. <laughs> so, have you seen them? I haven't seen them in person, but I've seen okay. them again on the lists of things. It's like, yes, it's on our list. Sun. Yeah, <laughs> we could do it. We could do it. So, uh, so yeah, so that is great. So that, uh, you know, so I wanted, it's really cool that there is a true re-blooming uh, lilac and yes. called bloomerang and yep, like, you know, the boomerang. Um, so, so yeah, so that's really exciting. So I think that kind of caps off uh, all of our lilacs. Um Deep. Yeah. One thing I would say from garden center experience would be if you are looking for a white lilac, there's the tree. We didn't talk about our, our, Oh yeah. Japanese Japanese tree lilac. Yeah. Uh, Our syringa reticulata. So it is the tree form. Um, It's not one of the shrub forms. It blooms later in that June time. Yeah. June, July. If she gets very big, we see her as a street tree. Mm hmm. Garden center people tend to, or when you're looking for them in the garden center, most people see that one and go, can I get a white lilac, white lilac? Mm -hmm. That's the one most people are referring to. If you do want a white shrub form, now is the time when you go in in early to mid spring and find your, your shrub lilac, go find the the white one. Um, Because most people, I want a white lilac. They will take you to the shrubs versus the tree. So just be aware there is that white yes. lilac that's a tree that blooms later yes. uh, in the year. So if yeah. that's the one you want. <laughs> are they, pretty... Yeah. Are they available now? Yeah. You'll find them yes. now in the garden center as well. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. So they're often uh, ivory silk lilacs. Ivory Japanese silk lilacs is, yeah. is what they're called. And they do come um, as a single stem tree. Often, you know, you do see them and um, service berries as as street trees because they they yeah. get big, but they get like they're not a maple tree. Like they get 12, 15, you know, they get a nice size, yeah. um, but they do. And it's harder to find them as a designer, but I love them. I know not everybody does. I know Nancy doesn't like them, but the um, they come multi-stemmed <laughs> as well, much like service berries. So they come, you know, single trunk, but you can also get them multi-stemmed. Right. Um, yes. But they're still, even though they're multi-stemmed, they still bloom in June and they still are a different flower, much, much fuller flower, a much different flower um, than the common lilacs, the syringa, um, oh, vulgaris yeah. and all the different varieties. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. And yeah, so, so good point. So thank you for reminding us about that one. Oh yeah, no problem. I realized I didn't put it on our list to talk about either. <laughs> but yeah, so this is a street tree one and she's going to get 20 to 30 feet tall, depending on where she is. Um, zone three. So she's hardy, native to Japan. Again, full sun seen as a street tree, uh, 15 to 18 feet wide. Um, depending on again, where you are and whatever. So mm -hmm. yes, just mm -hmm. one last one to throw in there. Mm -hmm. um as we're getting close to the very end of the show and we do have a few last yeah questions. yes but i do want to talk about our book so why do you want to answer these questions really quick and then we can we can sign off giving everybody a little update what do you think i agree so first we have tommy uh <clears throat> hi jnm safe for pets yes there is nothing known for the lilacs that are toxic skin irritant anything the only thing i would look out for <clears throat> Uh, as far as like a pesco, uh, rabbits like to eat them. So as far as things eating them, uh, rabbits might be nibbling around the base for sure. Larry's also written in colors, a lot of colors. Uh, when you purchase a bush, do you know what colors these are? Or is it a surprise? No, they'll all be tagged with their cultivar mm. name, Budberg Spade, Madame Lemoyne, and they'll often have just a picture of the flowers itself. So you know what you're getting because everybody's buying it for mm -hmm. uh, colors and uh, that beauty. So, yes. Yeah, yeah definitely. Lastly, Karen rounds out all of our questions with excellent show tonight, Joanne and Matthew. Well, thank you, Karen. Uh, Matt, get better. Thank you. Thank you very much. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice because everybody sounds, says my voice sounds like I'm sick all the time anyways. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> and happy growing, folks. And happy growing to you too, Karen. Yeah, and enjoy your, if you're lucky enough to have a lilac in your neighborhood or in your yard, um, now you can maybe look at it a little differently now that we've given you some more information. Um, or if you need one for your garden, you can refer to this information so that you're choosing the perfect one. And we do talk a bit about trimming and pruning and all kinds of things gardening, don't we? And our upcoming book, uh, Down the Garden Path, by the same name as our, as our show here. That's right. Do we have what's the official title? It is. Oh, goodness. I, I don't have it open. Oh, because we were jumping back and forth about it. Yes, yes. So, well, we knew the title was Down the Garden Path, a step by step through the Ontario Garden, I believe. Isn't that a close step to by it? step guide to your Ontario Garden? There you go. So, there you go. But we don't want to, like the Americans, you guys, like we're not leaving you out, right? We just, it's the same zone. So if there's zone five and we kind of have that in our inside, right? We talk about that. Exactly. And 
to think too, your calendar, if you're in a warmer zone, things are going to start earlier and go a little longer. Mm -hmm. So you're going to see a lot of the same plants, a lot of the same pruning techniques, everything that you really need to know, but you might have a longer season that starts earlier. So despite calling it our Ontario garden, uh, much like our um, Toronto Botanic or our uh, Toronto Gardener's Journal that we talked about earlier, it's geared to a little bit of everybody, no matter where you are. That's right. That is going to be released. We don't have a solid date. However, we are fairly positive. You'll be able to pick it up on Amazon by the May 2-4 long weekend, our Victoria Day. And we're crossing our fingers, but that's like our earliest that yes. we have so far. Yeah, so we tried for Mother's Day, but uh, we couldn't we couldn't pull that one off. But that's okay. We, we wanted to be we wanted to be right and we wanted to be proud of it. And uh, you know, we are working hard on it, even though we have other jobs, right? We're not full-time <laughs> writers. So that's like I think the biggest thing that nobody told us when we started this project um, was that you know it 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 does take some time. So uh, so we're excited. We thank Gary for uh, this opportunity to have this uh, um, stage or whatever you know this platform Platform. thank you that's right that's the word uh to be able to talk gardening right gary absolutely i appreciate you you guys i'm sorry i hit the wrong i hit the wrong button (laughs) thank you uh so so we're very excited we'll have watch for social media so we're gonna give you some updates uh sneak peek at the cover soon um so i know matt gave you all of those uh our social media but uh instagram um matt what 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 are our take a look at down the garden path podcast we'll be posting it there soon don't forget to also follow us as well uh at nat affinity on Twitter or Natural Affinity Designs on Instagram and at Joanne at uh, Down to Earth on Instagram. I think I, yours confuses me. I, think I know, I know. Joanne underscore D2B. Thank you. And our Facebook group. So we'll probably, I know we don't have a massive Facebook group. We'd love you to join uh, and be part of the conversation there. We've been getting some really good questions lately. Um, and uh, we'll definitely, uh, you know, debut our cover and uh, some details there. So, uh, so yeah. That's right. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Thank you very much for the warm welcome back from all of our listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and next week, what are we doing next week? Before I just you say, do the sign off. Stay tuned because we're going to talk all about viburnums. Viburnums. A wicked group of flowering shrubs of all different shapes and sizes as well. So thanks for tuning in. We look forward to talking to you next week here down the garden path on Reality Radio 101. Good night, everyone. Thank you for listening to Down the Garden Path with your hosts, Joanne Shaw and Matthew Dressing, right here on Reality Radio 101.